Welcome to Highland Objects, podcasts that take you on a cultural tour of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Highland Objects or visit the website highlandobjects.wordpress.com. Podcast 2 Nosshead Light. My name is David Fraser. I am a volunteer at the Wick Heritage Museum in Wick. And today I'd like to tell you about the Norse Head Lens. Norse Head Lighthouse was designed by Alan Stevenson, one of the Lighthouse Stevensons, and an uncle of Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Kidnapped and Treasure Island. The lighthouse itself was built by Robert Arnott, a builder from Inverness. It lies three miles north of Wick and stands at 53 metres above sea level. The tower itself is 18 metres high. It was first lit on the 18th of June, 1849. Three keepers manned it, and from that date right up until 1987, that continued. So 138 years of continuous manning. However, we're now over 170 years on and the light is still operating, albeit automatically. In 1981, the lighthouse was being converted from paraffin operation to electricity. And at that time, the lens was to be removed. The lens, which is a magnificent piece of engineering, is a Fresnel lens designed by Augustine Fresnel, a Frenchman. It was built by a company called Le Tourneau in Paris. Norshead Lighthouse was the first lighthouse to have diagonal rather than vertical window frames, and this impeded the light less than the vertical frames. This first order lens, which means that it's one of the second largest types of lens used in lighthouses, is a catadioptric system where refraction and reflection are combined using lenses and mirrors to give the maximum amount of light. The overall height of the lens itself is approximately 9 feet. Its diameter is 6 feet and it weighs probably round about three and a half tonnes. There are 428 prisms, lenses and mirrors in the whole construction. It sits on machinery, which is down below it, and is revolved round by rollers. The lens is all highly polished to ensure the best light source, and this was kept clean daily by the keepers when the lighthouse was manned. During manufacturing, it said that the children and the poor of the area were paid to polish the glass prior to it being assembled. The lens sits above the original clockwork machinery, which was built by James Milne and Son in Edinburgh. And it also encloses the original mechanical lamp. And we're very fortunate in that there are 
only three of these known in Scotland. One is held at the National Museum of Scotland, but this appears to be a specimen and therefore was probably never operational in a lighthouse. The second is at the Museum of Scottish Lighthouses in Fraserburgh, and we have the third, and we have provenance for this because it came from one of the stores at Nosshead. When the light is first lit and the machinery is started up, the weight drops down the centre of the tower and at the same time there is either a bell or just a metal clicker that goes over each of the cogs as the weight drops to the bottom of the tower. The bell, as you will hear, is just constant and I think there were two reasons for it. One is the obvious reason for making sure that there is an even rhythm and keepers could tell whether it was running too fast or too slow and therefore affecting the character of the light and could be adjusted. The other was to keep the keepers awake because it was a constant noise and many of the keepers would put a little piece of cloth in while they were in watch to stop the noise. The light itself was lit by whale oil, colza oil, and then laterally paraffin. It's unlikely that the NOS light used whale oil as this was phased out round about the mid-1800s. And of course NOS didn't come into being until 1849. But colza oil would certainly have been used and then that would have been changed probably round about 1870 to paraffin. It revolves by a mechanical machine below it and it works by a weight that is lowered down through the length of the tower and this provides the rotation of the light and this provides one flash every 20 seconds. The weight had to be wound up every 30 minutes to ensure constant working. We're very fortunate to have this piece of history in the museum and in many ways we got it by default. In 1981 the lighthouse was, as I said, going to be converted to electricity and at that time the lens was to be removed and taken to Edinburgh where it would have been put into storage and probably bits of it would have been lost or broken over the years. However, Maisie Sutherland, who was the wife of the then chairman, Ian Sutherland, heard about it and she decided there's no way this should be leaving Wick as it was part of our heritage. She contacted the Lighthouse Board in Edinburgh and to their eternal credit, they said, yes, you can have it on permanent loan, providing you remove it. And I'm not sure what the time scale was, but I know that it was very tight. However, undeterred, Maisie got volunteers with lorries, vans and cars, and the whole lot, hundreds of pieces of equipment, were taken down to the museum, and eventually the volunteers put it all back together again. It works today probably as well as it did when it was first installed. So why is it so important? 
Well, it was only one of three lenses of this type to be made for Scottish lighthouses, the other two being at Skerryvore and Covesy Skerries at Lossiemouth. The Skerryvore lens was destroyed by fire and the Covesy lens is only partially preserved. So this is probably the only catadioptric lens in Scotland and still operating much as it did when first installed, only now with an electric light. It is one of the rarest lenses and lamps known. And again, it's the only first order lens manufactured by Letourneau still in existence, and that's probably worldwide. Other museums have lights or lenses, but none of this design. And even the Museum of Scottish Lighthouses in Fraserburgh, which has a host of distant lenses and optics, cannot match this. The lens is situated on the first floor of the Wick Heritage Museum, appropriately at the entrance to the fishing hall, with the machinery below on the ground floor. Highland Objects is brought to you by Expo North Heritage, which is supported by Museums and Heritage Highland, Museums Gallery Scotland, Creative Scotland, Highlands and Islands Enterprise and Historic Environment Scotland.